This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. I'm your host, Rico Beard. Howard's off this week. Got a signing day special for you. Plus, uh, interview with Michigan State head coach Jonathan Smith on this podcast. As we were getting ready, as I was getting ready to do this, a little bit of news is starting to break that could affect the Big Ten. Here's the deal. Looks like Florida State is trying to opt out of the ACC. Florida State is, as you all know, not really happy about what went down when it came to the college football playoff. They felt excluded. They weren't happy. And now the big thing is, what are they going to do next? The ACC's deal is pretty bad. They're not making a ton of money, but the school signed this long-term deal, whereas in the event that they wanted to leave, they would have to pay back money or they couldn't get money from the new conference. For example, if the if Florida State were to leave willingly to go to the Big Ten, Big Ten, as you know, are offering like $70 million contracts to the new schools coming in. Florida State would have to then basically sign over that check to the ACC. You could join the conference. You just can't make any money off of it. Horrible deal. I know Florida State's now in court trying to see how they can get out of this bad ACC deal. If this were to take place, which I really can't see how the ACC is going to hold them back. But if it were to take place now, Florida State becomes basically a team in the transfer portal of college football, college sports. You now look at the SEC, the Big Ten and the Big 12. Who would Florida State gravitate to? And I would say they would probably try to get the footholds into the Big Ten. Why? Makes sense. Florida State would be the only team in the state of Florida in the Big Ten, so they would have that fertile recruiting ground kind of locked up to themselves. A lot of kids already come from the state of Florida to play in the Big Ten. Now you can stay at home and still get the benefit of playing in the Big Ten. As I said before, the Big Ten is offering the biggest checks due to the deals they have with Fox and NBC and CBS. Now, if you're Florida State, as I stated, you, you don't get to go to the SEC. If the if you want to go to the SEC, that's more of a, you want to go up against the big boys. The SEC is still the most dominant conference when it comes to football, talent-wise, on the field. But financially speaking, it's the Big Ten. Now, if neither one of these work out, I think their, their safety school, their last-ditch effort would be the Big 12 that is constantly trying to just find new teams, especially since Texas – and Oklahoma is headed to the SEC, Florida State would become the new bell of the ball in the Big 12. And the Big 12, I do believe, will kind of build their conference around the admission of Florida State. It would happen not this season, but the next season. This would be the last season for the ACC, for Florida State in the ACC, if it were to happen. Look for it 
to happen in the start of the 2025 season. But watch out for this because the Big Ten, I do think it's probably where Florida State wants to come. It's where the money is. It's going to be the beginning of the Super Conference now that Oregon, Washington, USC, and uh, UCLA are joining the Big Ten. It means that if Florida State can break this deal, look for another ACC team to break the deal as well and join them. Bringing the Big Ten to 20 teams, which I think we all thought was going to happen. 18 teams you know weren't were not going to happen. Now you can go back to the 20 teams. And here's the irony of all irony, Big Ten fans. You could actually have two divisions if you want, and you could go with the original Big Ten and the new Big Ten. And you could play all the teams in your conference, maybe a crossover game, and it would still feel regionalized, especially for you old school Michigan, I mean Big Ten fans whether you're Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, you would get those games that you kind of grew up, your grandfather and your father grew up watching. You would get the original 10 versus the new 10. And the new 10 would be, you know, the two ACC schools, the four Pac-12 schools, Penn State, Nebraska, Maryland, Rutgers. They would all play each other. And then you could get the winner of that division versus the original 10 division. And I think now you got some pretty exciting games in the Big Ten Championship game. It wouldn't be an East and West thing. My God, that was the worst decision ever. You should have stuck with leaders and legends, but I digress. But ACC looks like it's going to be tearing up soon. If that deal is broken, if Florida State finds that loophole, expect another team to join the Big Ten Got a feeling the Big Ten would probably set their eyes on North Carolina. It's probably the other team. I don't know if they would go Miami, but I do think North Carolina would be the team that I would watch out for to to make that trip and, and to join the Big Ten. So Florida State news is happening as I was taping this. They're in court right now in the state of Florida. Um, also, earlier in the show, I mean, earlier in the week, uh, myself and Mike Valeni, my radio partner, we got an opportunity to talk to Michigan State new head coach, Jonathan Smith. Here's what Jonathan Smith had to say on our show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, next guest, 
head football coach at Michigan State, one of the busiest men on the planet, as all college football coaches are. Jonathan Smith joins us next here on The Ticket. Coach, how are you? Yeah, doing well. Describing it well. Busy, but uh, always an exciting day to get to the the finish line here on signing day. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, I guess we could start there, is just the current state of college football. I mean, add to the list, you take a new job. You're trying to figure out who's on the roster. You're trying to preserve that roster. You're trying to recruit high school players, recruit the portal, handle NIL, uh, and move a family across country. So, like, take me inside the time management, a 24-hour period uh, under those circumstances. Yeah, you're not sleeping much. I know that. Uh, we did dive in and attack it to start with the current roster, man, getting to know these guys, uh, selling a vision, telling them how we're moving forward, what's, what it's going to be looking like, and, and really inviting them to, to jump on board and trust us and dive into this thing. And so we did approach it that way, the priority of retaining and, and getting to know the, the current roster. I really it took about a week and a half doing it. Even the, you know, the first week we're here is dead period, so you know it was easier because you're not on the road recruiting. First day we could get out was Friday. Went out in Detroit and saw Nick Marsh, but and that was great. Uh, but even the next week, when it was all it was open recruiting, we spent mornings trying to get one on one with guys on this roster, and then driving or flying to a home visit that night. We wanted that approach if it starts with the current roster. Well, it's funny that you talk about that. Like when you walked in, did you have to sell the current team? And, you know, are you recruiting the guys that are already in the portal to try to come back? Like what what is that style? Like how are you trying to, I guess, keep this team together with the players that you want to, to remain at Michigan State? Yeah, I think there's a balance. I mean, just explaining these guys – been through a lot this last year. Uh, college football landscape now, they have opportunities to be able to go explore their options. And, and that's not specific just to Michigan State. That's going across the country. And so uh, coming in and just talking about a vision and how we want to do things and just telling my story of how I got to be in East Lansing and how excited I am about this job. And so those were the conversations. And then look, when there's coaching changes and different experiences, maybe the fit isn't the best here for some guys, some guys to stay, uh, but wanted to be at least have conversations with those guys. Um, and so we'll lose some. We've gotten some back. We're definitely looking forward to adding to the roster through you know, high school recruiting and the portal uh, ourselves and getting started in January. Coach, let's go back to you're at Oregon State. What was the process like and and for Michigan State recruiting you to come to be their head coach. And, and when was that moment where you walked in the kitchen and said, you know what, honey, I think we're going to pack our bags and move from Corvallis to East Lansing? Yeah, it was late in the season when uh, conversations began. Um, and, you know, really appreciate Alan and his approach and how professional it was because it was not, you know, well-known or publicized uh, just a couple of times we talked. Um, again, you know, that place, Oregon State, unique to me, special to me in a lot of ways. And so this was not an easy decision. Wanted to get to the, to the end, of season, end of the season to make a final, final call and got toward the end of the season, had one more night of sleep to think about it and, and made the decision. Uh, Jonathan Smith joining us, head coach, Michigan State. You know, Rico and I are huge college football guys, so very familiar with your time at OSU. And just you built it ground up. You took over a program you had to build ground up. You come to Michigan State. How does it differ when you're trying to now, okay, I don't need to completely tear this thing all the way down. I have some pieces to work with here. How does it differ, especially with the changes in the sport and now – you know, the Wild West of NIL and Portal, et cetera, kind of compare and contrast the two rebuilds. Yeah, quite a bit different. I mean, six years ago, got 
got to Oregon State and, you know, we'll start with, starting with myself, first-time head coach, right? I learned a bunch through those six years. Um, but when we were beginning that rebuild six years ago, yeah, NIL wasn't in vogue. I mean, the transfer portal wasn't in place. And so now, fast forward six years coming over here, and you're right, there's, there's current good, really good players on this roster trying to keep those guys around, some good, good young talent. Um, I think Michigan State in the recent – uh, recently have won double-digit wins just three years ago. So this thing has been going uh, established tradition that you can win here and do some stuff. And then unique to the time and place of college football, you can add your roster pretty quickly through the portal. Um, and so they're totally different times six years ago compared to now. Do you like the changes? I mean, I know a lot of coaches have, have big opinions on it. I just haven't heard yours. Are, are, do you like the, the more – aggressive approach and different avenues to building a roster or did you prefer the old school way well you know i think there's a back and forth on I, i'd like a little bit more structure on it i do think the opportunity for players currently to change their environment i think there's some good to that i mean coaches can do it right that's exactly what i did three weeks ago of you know trying a new opportunity and so it, allowing the players to do that. I think because the environments do change, right? Coaches has to change. And, and even initially, right, maybe a player is at a, a university and maybe he's not going to play there. Maybe it's the wrong fit, level, whatnot. He can hop in the portal and, and find a better opportunity for him. So I, don't, I think there are some good things. I just think some of the structure, just the calendar in general, this, this month is a lot going on with the portal still being open for this month, early signing day, coaching changes taking place. Uh, taking a look at just even the calendar for some of these would be good. Michigan State head coach Jonathan Smith joining us. And, Coach, it's funny you talk about how you are kind of – you transferred in too. Why did you want this Michigan State job? What was the selling point? Yeah, I just a lot of it just a fit in regards to – you know, learning about the community, the town, uh, excited about the conference, the style of play we want to want to play. I think you can do it here at uh, Michigan State in regards to physicality and earning some things, place of development, uh, pride ourselves as a staff. We want to be a place of development. Um, excited about the conference in regards to, I think, one of the best conferences in the country. Um, and so all of that was a it was an adventure, a challenge, an opportunity I wanted to, to take on. So three years from now, Jonathan Smith football at Michigan State would be what? Yeah, I think we've got established identity three years from now. I want to be staying consistent to an approach and guys getting improvement, developments taking place. Obviously, yeah, we're looking for the scoreboard to be our way um, at that, but it starts with your process, consistency, approach, continuity, identity that's established. Coach, one thing, and I, I know you've probably been asked by a million people, so apologies in advance, but like you, you, you came from a place that had a huge in-state rivalry. The Civil War was a, a huge deal with OSU and Oregon. Have you had any time, I'm sure people have come up and give you their opinions, but any time to wrap your mind around the rivalry with Michigan here and just how important it is to the school, its alums, fans, et cetera? Yeah, I'm excited about it because, you know, you go back to the fit. Yes, I've been a part of in-state rivalries, and this one is another one. Um, and so I'd, I think that's a great part of college football. This thing means a ton, and I'm fired up to be be a part of it. Coach, uh, question. You guys hit the ground running. You brought in your new staff. What were the challenges of trying to blanket the state of Michigan and Ohio within the last three weeks? Yeah, it's t- 
challenging because there's just a limited amount of time, and there was a lot uh, to go on. On just like you mentioned, we're still you know hiring a defensive coordinator, which I think we we locked in a really good one with Joe Rossi. But that took you know approach, time, a lot of phone calls, getting face to face, a lot of interest in the job. So that was a balancing act. Didn't allow for just constant travel in and out of high schools. Already mentioned wanted to start with the current roster, spend time with those guys. That limits your time to get out and about. Um, again, the intention, and we will. We got the opportunity in January to get out and about more locally in the state, in the state of Ohio, because we want to make some huge inroads there. Well, Coach, why Joe Rossi? Why that defensive coordinator? Well, it started with, you know, just been proven in this league. Played at a high level for a long period of time, five, six years of, of doing it. So that, that jumped off the page to me. Personality fit, being able to talk to Joe a few times. I think a lot of philosophical things we're aligned with in regards to development, teamwork, doing it together, make the game physical. And so the more I got to talk with him and then looking at the resume, uh, I thought it was a really good hire. So, uh one thing to me, too, is, is look, obviously conferences are changing. Things are so different. One thing for Michigan State, and obviously Rico and I are both alums and we've talked about it, was the old divisional structure versus now no more divisions. You know, as you enter the conference along with the other four Pac-12 teams, like when you look at the the where college football's going and kind of what you're into now, I mean, do you view this kind of like – opportunity that now all right no divisions it's it's more of an even playing field you know is that exciting is that something you're for or or do you think there's more changes on the horizon here yeah, I'm definitely excited about, you know, just again, the 18 teams in this league, the national brands, so many of them, you know, the long history of big-time football, big-time players, big-time coaches, and so being a part of that. Uh, I do like the idea of, you know, the best two are going to play in the championship game, those that earn it, and so right. being able to, to do that and not separate but you know, by divisions makes sense to me. Michigan State head coach Jonathan Smith joining us here in Coach, um, when you got to Michigan State, you walked into an empty quarterback room. You you replaced him with two guys that we can talk about today, but what's that room going to look like come spring? Yeah, definitely looking to get three guys here for January and confident and excited about getting that, that third edition. Uh, did like the idea of getting a, a couple high schoolers with talent, and so getting Alessio in here and Ryland uh, was a guy that we'd known for a while. I think both those guys can play at this level, throw it all over the yard, have some athleticism, and an eager to learn. Both of them love football, and then looking for an older, more ex- more experienced player to add to that room. So I feel good where we're going to be at in the beginning of January. Yeah, one one note too, and I, I don't want to go too into the weeds because I know I'll I'll lose the people because Rico and I could nerd out on this stuff. But like one thing MSU has struggled with is really developing an offensive line. For us, it's been years. It's been your calling card at Oregon State. You have one of the best offensive line coaches in America. Like how long? I know the portal's available in high school and all. How long does it take in your mind to develop what you built at Oregon State? and have that that brute force up front that you were able to incredibly do out there in Corvallis. Yeah, well, we're not very patient. Obviously, you know, things take some time and, and all that. We do want to be a place of development sometimes. A high school player needs a couple of years to get that type of strength and, and things. The portal has a opportunity to add. I think there's current players here with a big-time offseason and spend some time, not just with the old line coach, but the offensive philosophy, the defense, or the, the team. Approach of making the thing physical and anxious to start working with these guys because we do. I think this game starts up front. Best teams can win the line of scrimmage, and we want to be in that conversation. 
Coach, I've noticed a lot of the different players and the edits that came out today. And now all the photos, they're wearing the black uniforms. Is this going to be a staple? Are you rebranding Michigan State? Well, we're definitely recruiting, and so those guys got the option, right? What 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 jersey they color they want to put on when we're here, and so it just looks like out of these recruits, maybe black was a little bit more popular. Yeah, they're they're pretty sharp. Listen, best of luck to you. Appreciate. Oh, wait, the time. wait, wait, Mike. Go ahead. What? This is for Mike because what? he has been following Oregon State football for years. He hit, he hit me on to you guys years ago, Coach. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to bring the chainsaw, the turnover chainsaw? <laughs> we can repaint it green and white. We can make it happen. Right. No, that, that, that's, that's a fit for that place, and that was a bunch of fun, and I'm sure we'll come up with something over here that's uh, unique and authentic to this place. Listen, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. Know you're super busy. Hopefully you can get a little rest, enjoy the holidays, and then back at it. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Merry All Christmas. Right. You right, got it. Same to you. That's head coach Jonathan Smith, Michigan State. Yeah, oh, I would love to turn over chainsaw. Amazing. I, I mean, you have <laughs> been to Oregon State for years. So. Listen, you know who his uh, you know who his two receivers were. Chad Johnson on one side. Oh, and TJ Hushmanzada on the other. He was the QB. Oh, yeah. You know who the running back was? Who? Remember Ken Simonton? Is there anything you don't know? Oh, I'm just shooting you straight. It no, was, I'm just like, wow. That was the team that bombed Notre Dame in the Orange I, No, no, Bowl. I remember the TJ Hoosman and Chad Johnson. I didn't yeah. realize he was a QB. Yep. Number nine, I think. Ah. All right. I told you. Yeah, I didn't want to nerd out. Um, People but, love when you nerd out. Well, it's fun. I mean, it, it goes back to when college football was like real and not whatever you've turned it to with your TV executive <laughs> friends. Um, all right. I wish I got some money from <laughs> that. <laughs> tell, tell them something, will you? And since Wednesday was National Signing Day, at least the early signing day, the Big Ten did fairly well, especially with the new teams coming into the Big Ten. Ohio State lands. Actually, here's the funny thing. The top two recruits in the 2024 class coming to the Big Ten. Ohio State holds off Miami. They get wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. He's going to be coming in wide receiver out of Apopka, Florida. He's going to be joining the Buckeyes. Wide receivers at, at Ohio State flourish in the NFL. So, to me, it was a natural fit. If you look at just the recent lineage of guys who started off at Ohio State and made it into the NFL. And heck, I'll even include Jameson Williams, who left Ohio State, went down to Alabama, but spent a ton of time at Ohio State. Ohio State, Jackson Smith, the Jigma. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out this year. These guys really know how to get those wide receivers going. And the NFL loves them, and the NFL takes them, and they gravitate, and they know how to they know how to play. So that, to me, was a natural fit. Also, Dylan Riola, five-star QB, decommits from Georgia. He is going to be playing in Nebraska, alma mater to his father, Dom Riola, who plays on the offensive line there. Dylan's a five-star quarterback. Huge coup for Matt Rule and Nebraska Cornhuskers pulling this off. Look for Dylan to, to probably get time in this upcoming season. I don't think you're going to let him sit on the bench and just kind of waste away, especially in the transfer portal. You almost have to play these guys immediately when they get on campus or at least do enough to make them happy. Also, um, in a strange move, Dante Moore, who was at UCLA, transfers to Oregon, who will now be in the Big Ten. Funny is, funny thing is that he was originally scheduled to go play at Oregon the last second he ends up committing last season to UCLA. Now he's going back to Oregon. He's going to be there with Dylan Gabriel as the Oregon quarterbacks. Oregon 
Oregon, man, Oregon did a great job when it came to recruiting. As a matter of fact, Oregon is one of those, uh, let me see, let's get the top 10 recruiting rankings coming up. Oregon, Oregon finished number two overall in the early signing day recruiting, only beat out by, in the Big Ten at least, Ohio State. Ohio State finished one, number one in the Big Ten. Oregon finished two, Penn State finished three, Michigan finished four, which was a little shocking because Michigan's been to the college football playoffs now three straight years. I would have thought that their class would be ranked a little bit higher, but it's not. Michigan coming in, 18 four-stars, which helps them. Penn State has 17 four-stars. Oregon has 24 stars. Ohio State has five five five-stars and 24 stars. Rounding out the top five, uh, USC, well, top 10, USC at five, Nebraska at six, Wisconsin at seven, Purdue, surprisingly, at eight. Uh, Iowa, this was the other surprise, coming in at nine. Iowa coming in with five four-stars and 15 three-stars. Washington, I would have thought this would have been a little bit higher, too, capitalizing on the fact they're in the college football playoff, capitalizing on the fact that you had Michael Penix at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. But Washington comes in at 10, and then to round out, uh, Rutgers at 11, Minnesota at 12, Maryland at 13, Iowa, I mean, Illinois at 14, Michigan State. Jonathan Smith, who you just heard from, was able to salvage a class that basically had six people when he got there. He hit the recruiting trail hard. He got Michigan State at least into a respectable manner. They got one four-star, 18 three-stars. He signed 19 people in the class that people were decommitting and or just were kind of non-committal. He managed in three weeks to get a lot of guys to say, yes, I want to come to Michigan State. Now, for him, he's going to be judged a lot more next year, followed by the Indiana coach who did the same. Indiana comes in at 16, able to hold that class together. UCLA, biggest shocker. UCLA is 17. Guys, I think you see the handwriting on the wall. Chip Kelly's kind of fed up with the current state of college football, and I think you see this the way that he recruits. I think he's uh, he brought in three four-stars, eight three stars. Maybe I think he's just going to try to hit the portal. He's kind of throwing his hands up. He actually came out with an interesting talk and off. And then finally Northwestern came in at last. They got brought in uh, at 18. They brought in 11, three stars, but Chip Kelly real quick, if I can, and I'll get into this more um, in the next pod, but Chip Kelly just basically said, "Why why don't we just separate college football from college sports? Keep all the original conferences and the original teams in their conference, and let's just go to two 64-team conferences, 64 and and as the Power Five and 64 as the Group of Five. And you could play regionally. So you could have, you know, I guess it would break down to like eight eight regional conferences within the 64, eight regional divisions, I should say. So if you're on the West Coast, you play the seven teams in the West Coast. Plus you play, I think, four crossover games in other divisions. And then you play one game from the group of uh, five from that 64 team. So you end up playing 12 games, but you keep it localized. So if you're a California school, you play all the teams on the coast. If you're in the Midwest, you play all the teams in the Midwest. If you're in the Southeast, you play all the teams in the Southeast. So you keep the same conference structure. It's just all the top 64 teams are just under the same umbrella, only for football, so that 
the other sports can stay the way that they are. And you could treat football differently than you do everything else. Just because a team wants to leave because of football, it kind of hurts the people. Because if you think about it, if you're a softball or baseball player in Washington, you got to travel clear across the country to play games at Maryland and at Rutgers, where it's not the same. You don't have the same budget as the football team. I think it's a brilliant move, a brilliant call by Chip Kelly. I wish more people would listen to him. And frankly, maybe Chip Kelly is just tired with football and Chip Kelly would just want to become the czar because he says you need a college football commissioner, a czar, that one voice in the room, not the committee who picks the college football playoffs, but just one person. Every major sport has it. College sports are going to major sports. There's a commissioner in baseball, commissioner in football, commissioner in hockey, a commissioner in NBA. Why not college football as well? Separate them. 64 teams. You figure out who you're, who's going to win it all, who's going to go to the 12-team playoffs based off of these 64 teams. Same with the group of five teams. They could have their own title as well. You're not competing with the other schools because you don't have the same resources as them. And you leave everything else the same. So if you're Washington and you're a baseball player, you're playing in the Pac-12. If you are you know, a soccer player in the ACC, you're staying on the ACC. I think it makes sense. I think it makes too much sense, which is probably why it won't happen. But just wanted to leave you with that thought. But until then, guys, Howard and I will be back next week to break down the Michigan-Alabama game. Until then, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all. And we will see you next week. This is Rico Beer for the Five Star Zone. Guys, keep liking, keep subscribing, keep telling your friends about this. Let's grow this thing. Leave your comments in the comment section. As I said before, Merry Christmas, and I will see you next week.